But y'all, preparation is the name of the game. And how prepared you are is how pro you look. This is a Soul Fire production. You're listening to episode 171 of Yes And. In the summer of 2009, I witnessed a moment that forever changed the course of my life when I got to watch the one and only Simon Sinek speak. He was the headline keynote speaker, the main stage keynote speaker, the headliner, the main attraction at an annual conference I was attending, okay? Simon was there at the time to present on the ideas from his new book, Start With Why. Remember that book? If you haven't read, go check it out. Uh, That book ended up um, becoming a book off the back end of his TED Talk, which became a viral TED Talk sensation. Uh, Subsequently, obviously, a book that became a New York Times bestseller. So again, uh, head on over to the show notes. We're going to link up to Simon's book, Start With Why, and his world-famous TED Talk called Start With Why on the Big Idea. But anyway, he was at this conference to talk about it, right? To talk about why. And it was a highly anticipated keynote. Uh, the doors to the general session room open and the the music is pumping. God, I love a general session room. The lights are swirling. We all sort of eagerly rush to our seats. Simon is eventually introduced to the stage to a thunderous applause. And there he was, larger than life, projected onto a four, yeah, baby, four massive IMEG screens. And he begins his keynote presentation to all 5,000 of us. He was no doubt killing it on stage. And I, your girl, was hanging on to every word. Then about 15 minutes into the speech, he sort of stops talking. We, we, we watch him move over to the lectern. He shuffles some papers around, uh, wipes his brow, take a drinks of water. And, you know, while this probably lasted maybe a few seconds, I'm not kidding you, it felt like 20 minutes. The audience sort of like, we all sort of begin to stir, wondering what the heck is going on, myself included. I mean, what was he up to? I mean, is he okay? Do we need a medic here? I mean, the silence dragged on. And as it did, I thought, oh God, this isn't good. Then Simon walks back to the center of the stage. He looks up at all 5,000 of us and he says this, ladies and gentlemen, I am so sorry. I'm a little embarrassed. You know, I've never done this before, but I've gotten off track and and I've lost focus. I've totally lost my place. I'm, I'm so sorry. He, he, what? He lost his place. I mean, gulp, right? And you could feel the entire room, myself included, sort of collectively holding our breath for him. This poor man is just blanked out on stage. Everyone's greatest fear about public speaking. And he's just done it in front of thousands and thousands of people. Now, that moment could have become a massive disaster, but instead it became a gift. Simon holds his place center stage. He looks up at all of us and then he says this. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, I've lost my place and I've gotten off track. However, it is in this moment right here, right now, that I have never been more sure or more reminded that I am alive. 
He goes, my hands are shaking. My heart is racing. My blood is pumping. But ladies and gentlemen, I am very much alive. (laughs) One by one, all five thousand of us rise to our feet to give this man a mid keynote standing ovation to let him know we see him, we hear him, and that we were so moved by his raw vulnerability and his realness. I mean, he gets on track, of course, and he goes on to deliver the rest of his keynote and he receives, of course, another much deserved and well-deserved standing ovation. But what Simon gave us in that moment was so much more than his keynote that day, which was epic, by the way. He literally showed us what it looks like to feel your fear and move forward anyway to trust the process and yourself so damn much that you know that no matter what, you've got this. That's what it looks like to make fear your homeboy, to take a moment of fear and turn it into a gift. Simon, admitting his fear, showed us that even though he was the keynote speaker, he was also just like the rest of us. I mean, one of my favorite mantras from the improv theater is the mantra that there are no mistakes, only gifts, meaning we're going to do things in life and on stage and we're going to win or we're going to do things and we're going to learn. No doubt in that moment, Simon learned a lot about himself and yes, and what he'll do about it the next time that happens to him on stage. I mean, listen, in life's scary moments, when shit goes down, when you're blindsided, and yes, even when you lose your place on stage in front of 5,000 people, preparation is going to be your best friend. See, the big misnomer, and listen up, this is big, about the improv theater is that we improvisers, we yes and junkies, right? That we just wing it. You know, I get this shit all the time. Oh, Judy, girl, you're an improviser. You're good, right? You don't need to prepare. You got this. Oh, Judy, she can just jump in there and wing the speech or or the interview, right? And I've even got, as a keynote speaker, people not book me because they think that because I talk about improv, it means I'm going to come in and tell their people to just ditch the script and wing it. To which I say, hell to the no. I will never wing anything. It's also why we made some massive updates to my website recently, right? To really illuminate what it is that I'm really teaching, right? I will never wing anything. And I don't recommend that you wing it either. I mean, can I improvise? Should you improvise? Yes, but we can only do that because we are prepared. See, improvisers, We are actually some of the most prepared people you will ever meet. And it's our preparation, our training, and keyword here, our discipline that allows us to improvise in the moment if and when we need to. And there's this really shitty advice out there. And I know you know it. People say it all the time. You know what? Just jump. Just jump. And the net of life will catch you. I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Have you lost your mind? I mean, yes, we need to trust ourselves and jump and make moves and be brave. But babe, you better have a plan, a plan A and a plan C, a plan B, a plan D, and maybe even maybe 
dare I say, a plan E, okay? I mean, listen, when I jumped off the corporate America cliff a decade ago and decided to start my speaking business, you bet your ass I had a plan. I had been saving that cash money and I even kept my day job for a few years while I built my side hustle so I could make the actual leap a little less painful. Plus it gave me time and peace of mind. Speaking of preparation, yo, your supplement game has to be strong because you're not just a businesswoman, you're a business woman. Thank you, Jay-Z. So the question is, are you protecting the most important asset you own, which is you and your health? Because at the end of the day, nothing works if you don't work, but everything works better when you do. And let me tell you, there is a reason, baby, that Advocare has been a sponsor of this podcast for almost two years. I not only love the company and their leadership, uh, but I use and love the supplements, specifically their line of sports performance supplements, which pours rocket fuel onto my sessions with my personal trainer in the gym. And of course, you know, I live for a rehydrate, the melt probiotic, the new melt probiotic. It literally just melts in your mouth. You put it under your tongue. So good. And of course, yo, the collagen. Okay. Uh, listen, Supplements aren't called supplements by accident. Supplements are designed to supplement what your body is not getting through nutrition. And I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. I sort of live an 80-20 lifestyle. Like 80% of the time, I'm pretty good. Now, 20% of the time, though, I'm pretty naughty. So... Having a strong supplement game really rounds out my wellness routine. Plus, I'm over 40. So, you know, I got to check myself. So do me a favor. Uh, will you go check out Advocare? Uh, there's a link in the show notes. Take the website on a spin around the block. Go put a couple things in your shopping cart. And when you do, use Feel Better 15. That's Feel Better 1-5. Feel Better 1-5 to get discounts and support us. This podcast and the entire team it takes to produce it for you every week because you did. P.S. Did you know that you can actually try Advocare before you buy it? All you got to do is jump into iTunes, leave a five-star review, email it to me at hello at judyholler.com, and we're going to ship you some of my favorite Advocare products right to your front door. So give Advocare a try. What do you have to lose? Their products are epic and affordable. So head on over to advocare.com, throw some stuff in your cart, use Feel Better 15 at checkout, and let me know how it goes. Okay, back to the show. These days, now I work as a full-time keynote speaker. And as you may know, if you hang out around my social media or here on the podcast in a few weeks, uh, my first course called Speaker School is launching where I'm teaching the business of keynote speaking and in it, sharing so much about mindset, business, lifestyle, entrepreneurship. Yet when it comes to performing on stage, I share one of the best pieces of advice I got early on in my speaking career. And it's this. You ready? That how prepared you are shows how much you respect your audience. I mean, this is advice I love and agree with, yet I'd like to add to it. How prepared you are actually shows how much you respect yourself, your craft, and your work. Yo, you will never catch me unprepared. 
for a talk or showing up last minute for an interview or not researching a podcast guest or not dress rehearsing success visually before any high stakes performance or not taking notes, right? And you most certainly will never find me winging anything. My preparation, whether it be rehearsals, my visualization practice, and or the actual research I do is what allows me to wing it when I need to because I've done the work, because I'm prepared. Listen, you're going to have to face a lot of high stakes situations and conversations in your life. And how prepared you are truly determines the outcome of any situation, conversation, or experience. I mean, yeah, of course, of course, we don't have a script. Anything, (laughs) anything can happen at any time. And we cannot control other people, places, and or things, okay? But we can, you can control yourself and what you do next. And a big part of how you respond in any given scenario is through the preparation you've done on yourself and in advance first. So what does preparation look like? Because it can come in all shapes and sizes. And it's about so much more than just the keynote speech or being a keynote speaker. I mean, this really applies to all areas of performance and excellence in life and in work. So here's a few scenarios that most of you are going to encounter. And here's how you can prepare for each of them. Here's what it looks like. And these are all going to ring a bell because Most of these are going to be things you experience in your life. Maybe not all of them, but most of them. Uh, What about meetings? Okay. So it looks like being in meetings and having an agenda or conducting a meeting, leading a meeting and distributing in advance an agenda. That is preparation. That is how a pro works. What about podcast interviews? It looks like you prepping on your guest. Yeah. Yeah. Actually doing research, reading their book, learning some things about them that are personal and useful and interesting, or or prepping uh, on the host. If you are a guest on someone else's podcast, like prepping on her or his audience, like sending a, a podcast press kit in advance. I mean, I have a whole podcast press kit that goes out in advance anytime I'm on on a on a show or a guest. It sets me up for success. I'm going to share it in speaker school so you'll get the whole template and you can borrow what you want, but it really sets the host and myself up for success. They can kind of pick and choose what they want, but it gives me a roadmap and them a really interesting place to go from a conversation perspective, right? Uh, What about speeches? Of course, let's talk about it. It looks like rehearsals. Whether you have a speech for 10 people or 10,000 people, you got to rehearse. And it looks like thinking through a game plan if and when you lose power, slides, technology. This has happened to me so many times. I run through so many examples in speaker school and I sort of share these stories to save you pain, but I I share some of the things I do, like having a printout of my, my slide deck in the lectern to be safe or using a story set list like comedians do in stand-up shows and sort of having that downstage on, on the floor of the 
the set or uh, down near the monitor. So there's a lot of things I'll walk you through in speaker school that allow you uh, to calm your nerves, but also have a plan A, B, C, D, and E when things go down on a keynote stage. What about starting a business? I mean, it looks like saving money and having a side hustle and, and hiring a coach taking courses, reading books, all of this stuff uh, in order to prepare you, prepare you for that shift. How about tough conversations, right? It looks like having a plan, thinking through what the problem is that you really want to solve. It looks like seeking advice in advance from someone you trust or, or someone who's really good at negotiations. It looks like writing down how you're going to start and end the conversation, like how you want to feel on the other side. Like if you've got something big, you need to fire someone or have a tough conversation or set something or someone straight. Man, you gotta, you gotta be ready for this. There's a great book, by the way, write this down. It's a book called Ask For More on the Art of Negotiation from a Professional Negotiator and Mediator. Um, I will link up to it in the show notes, but yo, you're gonna get so many great pieces of advice on having tough conversations and really getting what you want uh, personally and or professionally by reading this book. I mean, listen, I'm someone, I am a recovering people pleaser, baby. I get a lot better at this as I get older, but you know, tough conversations are like the worst, right? Nobody likes them. Some people are better at them than other people. Like this is where my husband excels. I mean, he's such a go-to for me. Like I go to Scott and be like, okay, walk me through the scenario where I've got to send this email and how should I word it, right? He's just, this is what he does, right? He's so great at facilitating really difficult conversations. He is, he could be a mediator, my goodness. And this book has really helped me get even more confident here because listen, as a business owner, as a business woman, as a business person, you have to be able to ask for what you want and have difficult conversations and leave people and hire people and do all the things you need to do in order to keep yourself moving forward. So you got to have a plan. A pro has a plan for tough conversations. We could even look at doing important work, like that really important thing you need to create or do or move off your desk. Preparation looks like creating an environment for that to happen. And removing distractions so it can. What about your goals, your dreams, all those things you set out to do? Remember January 1st? Do you remember that? (laughs) What about those goals? Where are they at? Where are your dreams? Collecting dust or are we making moves because we're prepared? Are we setting and scheduling priorities using a system, a goal-focused planning system specifically to achieve those goals? So yeah, this is a conversation about preparation, but it's equally and also a conversation about discipline. And in order to live and earn a comfortable life, you're going to at times have to give up your comfort and do things that feel inconvenient or uncomfortable in order to earn the comfort and success and confidence you desire. From a keynote speaking perspective, I I can tell you hands down that my preparation makes my work so much more fun and it brings a level of confidence to the stage for me because I know that no matter what happens, I'm going to be cool because A, mm -hmm, no one else validates me. I validate myself through self-love. This is why chapter one of my book is, was, and always will be love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, nothing else works, right? I I don't need a standing ovation to validate me. They're dope. We talk a lot about the standing ovation in speaker school. They're dope, but they can be manufactured. Did you know that? 
right? Like we're going to talk so much about Poser Nation and the red flags to be looking for as you're building anything new for yourself, right? But when you can step into self-love first, dude, how can you lose? You really can't, okay? So I know that no matter what happens, I'm going to be cool because A, no one else validates me. I validate myself. And B, I've thought about the worst case scenarios, which doesn't mean that I'm being negative or dress rehearsing tragedy. It means that I'm being smart. It means that I respect my audience. And most importantly, it means that I respect myself and my work enough to consider what I would do and how I'd be prepared if something were to not go my way. This has happened too many times to me on stage. Yo, I had an audiovisual tech. I'm not kidding you. I tell the story in speaker school too, who literally fell asleep on me, like fell asleep on the switches, like 1500 people. <laughs> Everything went dark. And let me tell you something. I was not prepared. I, w- I had like a Simon Sinek moment. I'm to this day, I'm still embarrassed, but I'm also so grateful for it because it, I learned so much. It is why I am so good now and so prepared and so confident and so ready and so pro, right? Because I've had the pain, right? Um, maybe that's why they, what they mean by no pain, no gain. You know what I'm saying? You pick up big heavy weights in the gym to get stronger. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have the bad stuff. Uh, just like Simon and I have had on a stage, right? So um, I share, I share it all. But listen, there are too many times that we show up to meetings and we just wing it. And then we wonder why they go over on time and they spiral in circles and we get off the phone and we feel like we've gotten nothing done because there is no plan. There is no agenda. There are so many podcasts I listen to or have been on where the same people are asked the same questions in the same way and it's boring AF because there is no plan, no preparation, no research, right? I have seen too many speakers get on stage and wing that shit, which is painful to watch and actually does more harm than good because there is no preparation and they haven't rehearsed. I watch entrepreneurs jump off into the net jump and the net will get you, right? Without a plan or money in the bank. And then they create work out of fear and stress and anxiety, right? And panic instead of out of creativity and flow and focus, right? Because there is no money plan. I have been in many tough conversations without a plan. Your girl has been been there and they did not go well because I was not prepared in thought and in intent. When my house is chaotic and I don't have a calm environment, it is impossible for me to do my most important work because I didn't make a plan and prepare for an alternate scenario. And I have missed many deadlines and important goals by not scheduling my priorities and having a plan. So again, no mistakes, only gifts. We're going to do things and win, or we're going to do things and learn. But y'all, Preparation is the name of the game. And how prepared you are is how pro you look. So if you want to look like a pro on stage or off stage, do the work. Sit down, prepare, think through what you're about to do. And remember, how prepared you are not only shows how much you respect the situation you are about to deal with and the humans you're about to interact with, but it mostly shows how much you respect yourself. 
All right, fam. Yo, I mean, if you're not on the speaker school wait list, I highly recommend you do that. There's a link in the show notes. I am communicating now to the wait list every single week and registration for speaker school is going to be opening two days early for that wait list for my wait list fam. And one of you, and this is big because one of you on the wait list, maybe two, we're playing with that number. Um, more to come, but definitely one of you that registers during early registration is going to be entered to win an all expense paid chance to shadow me and come with me on an actual keynote for a true live backstage experience. So get yourself on the wait list. Yo, when I was starting out in the speaking business, I would have killed for that opportunity to go follow one of my uh, keynote speaking heroes. Not that I'm your hero, but you know what I'm saying? Like someone I look up to in the biz, I would have died for that experience. Like, show me tech check, show me backstage, show me how you present live, show me your keynote, show me how you move on stage. I'm going to show you all of it, right? So Speaker School is an experiential course for you to really see, feel, and find the confidence to step on stage and shine. So whether you're ready to build your speaking business or step on more stages to grow your existing business, Speaker School is for you for life. Pay once, it's yours forever. So I cannot, I cannot wait to see you in class. And in the meantime, I'm going to see you right here next week with another hot and fresh episode of Yes And. So wherever you are in the world, baby, kick some ass. I am out there cheering you on. See you next week. Ciao.